Well, dear church family and friends, we'll be, today we'll be looking at the marks of conversion in uh, the first epistle of John, the marks of conversion. There are many marks of grace, there are many marks of conversion, which we see right throughout Holy Scripture, but it must be said that this first epistle to John They are so clearly seen, these marks of grace, these marks of conversion. One John furnishes us with distinct assurances that true conversion has taken place in our hearts and in our lives. It shows the evidences, really, of those who have truly been born again by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit really really foresaw that truly humbled, born-again believers can be assured of their salvation in in Christ, despite of their many fears at times, and their many doubts, and their much being battered, as it were, by the pressures of this life, and the accuser of the brethren, as it were. And so it's really put you to encourage and to give assurance For God's people, the Holy Spirit also foresaw how there would be others who had not been truly humbled by the grace of God and and who would take for granted that they were regenerated, that they were converted, who had no right at all to do so. And so it is also meant for these purposes. And so let us remember, dear uh, beloved and friends, that This is the word of the living God. And so this is not man's word. And so it comes with absolute authority. It is binding, as it were. So the truths laid out here in this first epistle to John uh, are, are binding. And so these marks of conversion, these marks of grace, which uh, God willing, I pray with the Lord's help, I'm able to expound to us this Lord's day. If they are not true of you, it is, it is upon you really to be honest with your maker and with the only saviour of sinners and seek the Lord whilst he may be found. I care not for one's, a man's natural intellect. Uh, a man may know vast swathes of holy scripture. He may be acquainted. He may be a five-point Calvinist. He may know vast uh, swathes of doctrine. He may have gotten to him for himself great ecclesiastical honours put upon his name. He may have written great thought-provoking dissertations and theses and have people in admiration. Uh, he may even be acquainted with the old biblical ancient languages. And it is possible to know much doctrine. The devils, they know much doctrine, as it were. And yet it is possible to to still be without Christ, as it were, yet be unconverted, as it were. And church history proves this very fact. To the spiritually undiscerned, such a man can pass as a highly qualified believer. They can have men in admiration, as as, as it were. And perhaps like the rich young ruler, you remember that? Uh, where Christ's disciples thought, wow, look at this person. Surely, who can be saved if there's not this rich young ruler? And, and yet, 
we see, do we, do we not, that his, his heart was not right with God. Uh, he was looking to himself, something within himself, and not to the grace of God. Well, my intent, really, for today's sermon is a threefold intent. It is firstly to uh, give assurance for all those who are God's true people, who have been humbled by the grace of God, who are truly born again. I want to give you assurance, the Spirit. Uh, when we come to these marks of conversion, we'll give you assurance. Secondly, I want to give hope for seekers. I want to give hope for those who are truly seeking the Lord God with all their hearts. Uh, that if they truly desire to be saved God's way, the Lord will answer their prayers. They will be converted. And thirdly, I want to give a warning here this Lord's Day morning for those who are yet still being deceived, as it, as it were. They have an outward profession, uh, and, but they are yet without Christ. So a threefold intent for today's sermon. So what are the marks of a saved person which we see in this first epistle to John, a regenerated person, a converted man, woman or child. It, and I'm, I'll say mostly of a man or a woman because children, of course, are still growing up. They can be sanctified early. Well, firstly, then a converted man no longer sins by habit. A converted man no longer sins by ha habit. And what I mean by that is habitually, by habit continually, habitually, the, the, dead, the deadlock of sin ruling over them and reigning over them has been broken, as it were. They are no longer slaves to their sin anymore. The Lord reigns in their hearts. And so there is an inner principle wrought by the Holy Spirit of God and by the Word of God that, that, that they are under grace now. And those new principles and desires wrought by the Holy Spirit of God keeps them. 1 John 3, 9 says, Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. In other words, there has been a distinct change in their heart and their life. The habit, the, hab the continual habitual uh, 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 pattern of sin in their lives has been broken they, they, they are really now governed by grace. They, they are really putting all their trust in Christ's righteousness. 1 John 5, 18 says, We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. And this is talking about sins of habit, habitual sins, continual sins. There's a, there's a check, as it were. There's a mortifying, there's a hatred of those sins. It doesn't mean that we don't fall into sin anymore. It doesn't mean that we've got weaknesses. It doesn't mean that we've got indwelling sin anymore. But there is a, a great transaction and difference has taken place in someone's heart. An unconverted man is never grieved after doing evil. He is, he is only grieved if he is caught out, as it were, or if, he, if his sin doesn't lead to, if he's caught out in his sin or doesn't lead to some promotion or affects his, his person or his life, as it were. He is not grieved with sinful affections of his heart, sinful desires, as it were, sinful imaginations, sinful deeds. He's not grieved over these things. He is not grieved and troubled with proud thoughts, superior thoughts of himself 
before others, as it were, and, and, and to make known this before others, as a self-righteousness about himself, a belittling of others. He is not troubled with sins of his tongue, as it were. He lets loose before other people. He, he belittles other people. Uh, he's inconsiderate, as it were. Uh, just lets loose. He, he's, not, he's not worried about offending other people deliberately. In fact, he takes pleasure in doing such things. He's not troubled over these things. He's full of debate, as it says in Romans 1.29. There's an argumentative spirit There's a boastful, proud, self-righteous spirit. In short, such a man has no real quarrel between him and sin. They're like mates, as it were. They're alliances. The regenerate man, however, hates such pride and sin of his heart and all sins. He flees from them. He He regularly mourns and repents over them. He is poor in spirit. He fights against them. They, they're a plague to him. He takes those spots, as it were, to the high priest, even the ones that he's not sure of. He's very careful, as it were, and he takes them, even the ones that he's not even sure he's committed, to make sure that the, the, the high priest Christ cleanses them, as it were. He longs to be finally delivered of all his inbred sins. He cannot prevent the indwelling of besetting sins because we're told if he said he had no sin, there would be no truth in him. But with that said, a saved man will not allow sin to settle in his heart and in his mind and in his life. He cannot allow the Canaanites, as it were, not to be driven out of his heart and his life. They take up room. They will grow. They'll take up more houses. They'll take up more streets. They'll take up more cities in the land of the heart. And so he must drive them out by God's grace and by God's blood, by God's forgiveness. He doesn't allow sin to settle in. He's not like the worldling. And secondly, we see that a converted man is a holy man. He's a holy man. 1 John 2.29 says, Everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. A saved man endeavors to live by God's holy will. He's trusting alone in Christ's righteousness and not his own. And he has a new desire to be conformed to the word of God, which is the revealed will of God. He seeks to be conformed to the gospel, to the word, and not to his own heart anymore. He's very critical of his own feelings. Feelings can be incredibly misleading. Yes, feelings can be right, but they also can be incredibly misleading. He's not conformed to his own opinions. He's not always trying to put the world to right, as it were. He is very critical of his own heart. A converted man's business is ever to please his Lord and Saviour and to avoid that which God hates, pride, the pride of life, a lying tongue, injustice, and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, mischief, false witness, gossiping, And he that soweth discord among brethren. God hates those things. And so a born-again believer also hates those things. The born-again man's new desire is to love God with all of his heart and with all of his soul and with all of his mind and with all of his strength. It's not just an external profession. It's all about the heart. It's all about the mind. 
And though he fall woefully short of, of these things, his aim, his aim really is the bullseye of Christ. That's his heart. That's what it, where his desire is. He aims for the bullseye of Christ. And though he gets short, my son's learning about archery at the moment, <laughs> and he loves it. Uh, and he got a bull. You got a bullseye recently, recently, bub. And uh, but he's been trying and trying again. Um, it's the desire. It's the aim. He 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 wants to hit that bullseye, as it were. And that that is such a. A blessed thing. And that is true of all those who are truly born of God. Despite his many shortcomings, which he will readily admit, he, he now has now his bent in life is towards holiness in Christ. There are new appetites, holy appetites, there are new holy habits, tastes, doings, framings around the means of grace. He is like a ship, as it were, being beaten about. By a contrary wind, or the proud waves of this life, as it were. And there can be times where he experiences uh, setbacks being blown, as it were, off course, off voyage, as it were, by the proud waves of this life. And he readily admits that. He readily admits his faults and his backslidings. However, his general navigation and course in life is one in one direction. And that is towards his saviour and lord. It's heavenward, as it were. Well, thirdly, we see that a saved man has a deep love for God's people. A love for the brethren. A love for the brethren. 1 John 3.14 We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. We love God's people. A regenerate man has a special peculiar love for all true disciples of Christ. We see one another really as incredibly rare, as, as, as jewels, as precious in God's sight, as God sees us, as the apple of thine eye, as, as it were, those who have been completely redeemed and saved. And though he often be hated by most, uh, and loved by few, he would not change that for the world, as it were. And like his heavenly father, there is a sense where uh, God loves all men with a general love. There's not a, 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 um, a speaking continually about the natural man, or look at what this person's done to me, or look at what, the, what that person's done to me. There's a general love here. Uh, the, a believer understands the natural man's heart, what they go through, the pains that they go through, the lostness, because we've been lost, because we've been taken out of that pit. And so a believer understands the natural man's heart. And like Christ, he weeps, as it were, for a poor lost sinner as it were, like he did over Jerusalem. But there is a sense also where there is a, a special, peculiar love, which is a unique, really, amongst believers. They are born of God. They are born of the Spirit of God. They are born from above. They, they share the same spiritual character. They have God as their heavenly Father. They are spiritual, they have the same spiritual family resemblances and characteristics being born of God. 
They love the same milk and meat of the word of God. Not outwardly to argue with other people, but, but, but to, to love, to, to, to want to use it for, for heavenly purposes. They attend upon the same Saviour, to hear the Saviour's words, to love the Lord, to follow him. They share similar spiritual appetites, new habits, new desires and principles. They know the same peace which passes all understanding, which this world cannot afford. They live a new life for eternal purposes. So there is a sense where they understand one another deeply. They see the image of Christ very clearly in one another. And friends, what an admonishment this is over those who profess the name of Christ and are forever arguing, as it were, full of debate, as, as it were, full of a contentious spirit. And you know the types of people I'm speaking to? are types of people who you've got to walk on eggshells around over, over, over the worry of the, that they're going to cause offence. And it's almost like they, they, they love to cause an offence amongst other people. They're insensitive, as it were. Uh, the, the, the law of kindness is not in their lips. They're, they're inconsiderate. The types of people who are often critical and harsh and self-righteous, overbearing, as it were. I'm not talking about we can all fall into these sins, but people who show a pattern of this in particular such who are ever willing to bite and devour and gossip and divide over secondary issues, prophetic things. They, they want to divide and bite, or even over events that happen, like, for instance, COVID. You know, I, I, we, we, I'm um, absolutely uh, on board that we, sh- that we should have stayed open as a church uh, to be a light to those round about us. But you know, during the Black Plague, there were people, there were ministers that went out, who, who had people who had actually had the plague, and went out out of love to those brothers and sisters in Christ, out of love to see them, as it were, out of love for them. And, and they were not scared of catching whatever it was. You see, that's what true love for the brethren is. We must get back to that. And so we must get back to the weightier matters, as it were, of the law, internal graces, as it were, love, joy, peace, faith, and not all these other things. And in fact, we are told by, in Romans sixteen seventeen that we should mark those who, which, which cause divisions and offences in that such a way. Those who show not the marks of grace, we should mark them as it were, and be very careful about them. A saved man is never so happy as when he is amongst the saints of the earth, the excellent of the earth. Worldlings value being amongst those who are of the same rank or riches or political persuasion or vulgar humour or unchastity or undisciplinedness or carelessness, as it were, or those who uh, they can... Uh, be puffed up with some intellectual learning. The converted man, however, values grace. That's what the, the converted man values more. It doesn't matter if that person 
uh, is from a poor background or from a, a different political persuasion or whatever that may be. It is grace that counts. And those who are born of grace, regardless of any earthly prejudices, a born-again man sees fellow believers as beloved of God. They are beloved. And it breaks his heart, as it were, that he ever would think that that which God hath cleansed, he would think or say is common. It breaks his heart. There's true repentance over that. A saved man understands that fellow yoke believers are warring against the same enemy with Christ as their captain. They are upon the same lonely pilgrimage on that narrow way which leads to eternal life. And very few people that are on that road. And they are often tried by the same difficulties and trials of faith. True believers see their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ as the Lord does, as jewels, as incredibly rare, as precious as it were, who are often cut that they may shine the brighter for God's glory. Are these the marks of grace, dear friends, true of us? Are they true of us? Let a man examine himself. Let us examine ourselves, whether we have truly, whether we've ever truly known the way of, of salvation, of grace. This, this is the word of God here. You can know vast swathes of doctrine, friends, but if, if you're not born again, it's, it's the greater damnation you'll experience in hell. Let a man be sure to examine himself, lest be found to be an hypocrite, lest he be found to be as the five virgins without the oil of the Holy Spirit, full of externals, full of doctrine and externals and yet without the power of the Holy Spirit found uh, wholly unprepared and that's what's going to matter in the end being found unprepared unready for judgment that's what's going to matter their heart is not right with God doesn't matter about their externals if their heart is not right with God they are unprepared as, as it were and fourthly a converted man does not make this world's opinion his rule, his, his, his rule of right and wrong. 1 John 5, 4 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. A saved man walks by faith now and not by sight anymore. He does not follow this world's wicked systems and the vain principalities uh, of this world and philosophies. He follows Christ and his words. A saved man is not interested in, cultural, in culturally pragmatic shortcuts anymore. He dares to be a Daniel, as it were. doesn't matter if he's ridiculed or whatever. He dares to follow the Lord. He dares to be a Joseph, even if that will mean the prison. Even if that will bring suffering, he sees the end of his faith. The grace of God helps him to overcome the love of the world. He finds no real pleasure, lasting pleasure, in which most around him seek for happiness and contentment. The vanities and entertainments of this world increasingly weary him. He sees no profit in them. A converted soul loves the praise of God more than the praise of men. He is a man who has counted the cost thoroughly, as it were. 
He has no longer fears death. He has overcome the fear of this world. And when a saved man hears the Spirit say, Come ye out from the world and be separate, he hearkens. He hearkens. He does not shut down conscience. That's to shut down the voice of God. And when he hears the word saying with his heart, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in, in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. 1 John 1.6 A believer therefore frames his life around the means of God's grace, around that which is conducive to his spiritual growth and usefulness in God's kingdom. A saved man's first priority is to please God, whatever that may cost him. Whatever ridicule or school or scorn or contempt or however lonely that path may get. Let a man examine himself and see if he be truly walking by faith. If there if there has truly been a time where he has experienced eternal life in his heart and in his life. Fifthly, a converted man is very careful to possess his vessel in sanctification and honour. 1 John 5, 18, the latter half. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. A regenerated man, a saved man or woman, unlike the worldling, is very careful concerning his soul. He, he not only endeavours to keep clear of sin but also to keep clear of anything which may lead to sin as it were he's very careful about that the, the one I speak on a, on, a, on a personal note that before I was saved I was much given to booze and parting and other such things it would be stupid of me would it not to be found in inns and pubs as well I know I've got the spirit and I know I've got that but 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 um, I stay away from those things which the, the old habit, the old nature, as it were, loved. That's what the Spirit does. He is careful about the company he keeps because evil communications corrupt good manners. He knows full well from sad experience that evil is far more catching and contagious than good. Just as disease is more infectious than health, a saved man is careful about how he uses his time. He wants to redeem his time. He wants to buy it back. He wants to use his, his, his time because the days are evil for holy purposes, God-honoring purposes, eternal purposes, that which will truly be profitable in the end. A converted man understands that this whole world lieth in wickedness. And therefore, as a Christian soldier, he is ever upon prayerful watch and guard, watching his heart, not watching the externals, his heart first. Where is my heart? Am I ready? Am I serving the Lord every day from my heart? If my heart is right, everything else will fall into place. He is like a soldier in enemy, enemy territory. He seeks daily to put on the armour of Christ, as it were. There is a preparedness of heart and mind. He does not want to be found wanting. There, is, there are spiritual disciplines in his heart and his life. There is a spiritual checklist, as it were, that he is very careful about. 
A saved man is a prayerful man. He is increasingly a humbled man. That's what grace does. It humbles us, does it not? If you're not humbled, and it's all about you, all about what you have not got, or whatever it is, you don't know the grace of God. The, the, God, the grace of God humbles us. A watchful man desires to be used of the Lord. And much more can be said in regards to the marks of conversion, the marks of grace within believers. There's so much in Scripture, now, and there's much more in this uh, first epistle to John. But what it really comes down to is this. Have you been truly born of God? That's what it comes down to. Have you been born from above? Has there really been a time in your life where you've known the power of Christ's resurrection? It doesn't have to be a, a, a sudden day or moment, but has there been a, a time? I'm not talking about how much scripture you know. <laughs> Let that be a warning. <laughs> it's not about what you know, friends. It's not about what you know. It's about who you are now. That has to happen. Like I said, the devils, friends, know much of scripture. Have you been born again? Does Christ mean everything to you, more than yourself, more than what people think of you, more than your opinions, as it were? Is he your life? A man has to be born again. He has to have experienced the supernatural working of the Holy Spirit in his heart and his life, changing him, conforming him, as it were, to the gospel, to the word of God. 1 John 5, 1, whosoever believes that Jesus is Christ is born of God. Has there been a time in your life where you have truly been changed? There has to be that, friends. And, and, and there can be degrees, of course. Yes, but there must be this change of heart. And it's not just externals. Yes, externals happen, but it must be from the heart. And please do not mistake me on, on how big someone's intellect is or how much, or how much they, they have. That those things can be so misleading. I've met so many professors that, that, can, have, that can point to the five points of Calvinism. They have vast libraries of books and they are graceless, as it, as it were. They have no true love for the Lord and their life shows it. There are many professors, like the devils, who know vast swathes of scripture and are yet without Christ, have no change of heart. They do not love what God loves and do not hate what God loves. They, they, want to, they, they, they are at a drop of the coin, are happy to divide themselves from, from other believers. These marks of grace which are spoken about here today, are they true of you? They've got to be. They've got to be if you are truly converted. I really, I really admit that there is a vast difference in the depth and breadth of these distinct marks of grace in this first epistle of John. In some, they can be dim and they can be faint. Nevertheless, they are there. There are, people, there are those who are weak in the faith, but they're, they're still there. We still see them. In others, they can be clear and unmistakable. 
Are you born again? Are you born of God? Do you cry unto your heavenly father? Has he become your dear father in heaven? Have your brothers and sisters in Christ, do you love them? Is there a peculiar love for them? Do you love them more than yourself? Have you truly sought to be saved God's way? Have you experienced the power of Christ's resurrection? You have to be saved God's way, you see, friends. This is not, not, it's not according to your denomination, denominational preferences. You've got to be saved God's way. Are you truly looking forward to his coming? Are you looking forward to his coming? You can tell a lot, really, by uh, how people are looking forward to the judgment. Some people look for externals with the judgment. Some people are looking to be ready from their heart for the judgment. They're prepared from their heart, as it were. Are you looking, are you looking forward to his coming? Or are you looking with fear, as it were? Well, I've got to do, check these outer lists, as it were. What about my heart? That's what's going to matter if you're ready in your heart. Well, like I said, uh, uh, beloved of the Lord, it is my hope and prayer that that I have given assurances here today to those who who have been born again, who love the Lord, who have been humbled. That, That is my intent, to give assurances. And the Spirit will give you assurances. And like I said, it can vary in degrees. Um, but the Spirit will, will confirm these in your heart, these truths today, if, you're, if you are the Lord's. And again, uh, my second-fold intent is, to, is to, to give hope to seekers. That if you truly seek to be saved God's way, he will save you. He promises so. And my third intent was to give a stern warning to those who are yet deceived. They're hypocrites, as it were. They have an outward profession, but they do not yet know the grace of God in their hearts. And they can actually cause much damage in the church of Christ. Well, the Apostle John is very clear to those who bear the family likeness in Christ. There is a a likeness between God and his blood-bought children. The question is, is have you and I this likeness? Do we share this likeness? Are the evidences of John's witness true of us? Without these evidences, one is just boasting of a false gift, as as it were. And oh, to 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 oh, how we need to be sure to make sure of our calling, friends. I'm not saying we should do this all the time, but but it's important. Eternal hell without Christ is the reality of all those who have not these marks of grace. Think about that. It's not what other people think of you. It's whether you're truly born again. Hell is for eternity. Those who are saved bear forth the fruit of God's grace and spirit. Love, joy, peace, as it were, faith. Are, are, are these marks of grace true of us? I hope and pray they, they, are, they are. Amen. Amen. Feel free to contact us at Sovereign Grace Church in Tiverton. Email us at grace2seekers at gmail.com. That's grace2seekers at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can visit our website at www.sovereigngracereformedchurch.co.uk.